So I've recently had a few things stolen from me and they, I mean, they were stolen by the fact that they weren't given back. For example, a neighbor asked me for some money to borrow. Okay, guys, I should have known better. How many times have I fallen for it? I mean, you know, I'm, I, I tend to have a aspect of my character that wants to always see the best in people. Right. So it's been a thing. And, and, you know, I even, uh, for those of you don't know, I I spent a little time in prison for growing weed back in the day. And while I was there, for clearly this gentleman, bless his heart, I'm not going to say his name, but great guy, really of just a charismatic, wonderful, human who was just very likable, played piano in the gospel group on Wednesday nights, led the singing, um, you know, taught all these different classes at, in, in the prison and, and uh, just this like really bright, intelligent being. And he was in prison for embezzling money. And he said, you know, I just got, I, I just, I couldn't help like stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars from my company. I just, it's just something I couldn't control. I'm like, oh my God, how does that happen? Anyway, good old, let's just call him Jim. Not, but if Jim's listening, okay, because my, my other friend from prison's named Jim. Jim, not you. Don't worry about it. I'm just throwing names, okay? Okay, it was Dale, whatever. But he told me, he pulled me aside one day. And he said, you know, Christoph, I got to let you know something. This is right at the end of my time. I did 14 months up in Oregon, federal uh, prison, like minimum security. Anyway, he pulled me aside and he goes, Christoph, the one thing that I need to let you know is that you are a very naive person and that's going to get you into a lot more trouble if you don't watch out. So I'm like, wow, this, this guy's, this guy's a classic criminal and he's given me this advice and, and I, I took it to heart and, um, I'm still working on this streak of naivete and just it's good to see the best in people but you also don't want to get jacked and screwed so anyway my neighbor asked me to borrow some money i could see this pleading look in his eye i'm like oh man he's probably needing drugs that little voice in the back of my mind is like he's probably gonna use this for drugs but he's like he looked at me in this way he's like you trust me don't you trust me don't you i was like yeah yeah, Jimmy, I trust you. So I, I gave him hundred dollars. Excuse me, my throat. Hundred dollars. <laughs> I gave him a hundred dollars. Okay, I gave him a hundred fucking dollars. What? A, oh my gosh. Okay, I'm just, I'm just admitting this across the interwebs. Just, just total. I, I, he wanted twenty bucks. I didn't have twenty bucks. I only had a hundred. I said, you know, Jimmy, can you give me the change? You trust me, don't you? With like these puppy dog eyes. I'm just like, I've seen the kids struggle. He's got a kid, just obviously addicted to drugs, but I just wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. Okay. For love of Pete, I, that money's gone, man. It's been, it's been months. <laughs> it's been months. I've, I know he's doing drugs again, man. So it's like this naive streak. Um, so I've been holding this grudge against Jimmy. I've just been like really like kind of evil eyeing him. Haven't been waving at him when I see him, you know, going by the driveway or like the little road. 
and just not been cool, you know, and ultimately, and he's come up to me a few times like, Hey, Christoph, oh my gosh, did you hear what happened? Blah, 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 trying to talk story with me. I mean, okay, here's the thing. It's like, obviously, I'm never going to give him a cent again ever or trust him with anything ever. But do I have to like close my heart and close close my natural being to him? I talk about that story in my book. It's the story about the... um. It's a story about the guy who sees the snake stuck in a fire, right? And he and he grabs the snake, pulls it out. The snake bites him. He's like, ah. He lets go of the snake. The snake somehow manages to wiggle himself back in a sticky situation in this fiery situation. So the dude, he goes and gets a pole or a stick and kind of helps fish the snake out. This guy is next to me. He's like, why did you just help? That, that snake just bit you, man. Why did you just help him out? The guy's like, well, it's the nature of the snake to bite, and it's my nature to help. It's my nature to be kind. Okay, so it's like that. It's like, <laughs> it's like we don't want to let people's wounds and the harm that people inflict and are just people's egos, basically, and people's unconscious actions, we don't want to let that harden our hearts because then we lose out. I've been losing out for the last whatever, four months by just closing off a of Jimmy and and kind of being distant and not cool. All right. This one time I was in San Francisco, I was walking, I was living in um this was after prison and I was in the halfway house, you know, and then I, I kind of got this little really gnarly, gross little apartment, sort of like in Chinatown. And um there were tons of cockroaches. It was, it was a rough time of my life. And, um, anyway, I always had to walk by this stripper bar joint, you know, like the titty bars or whatever on the way to my house, my room, my, it was a, it was a room in a hotel and I had to walk by there every time. And like, I was just like getting sick of these strippers, like trying to get me to come inside. Cause I just, it's not my thing. I don't got money to spend. And I don't, I don't like, I mean, I just don't like getting lap dances. I mean, call me weird, but it's just, it's just not my vibe. Okay. It's a vibe. I don't like it. So this one stripper was like, came up to me and she's, she told me that she just got her nipples pierced and do I want to come inside and play with them or whatever. And I was like, I just, I was like so rude. I was like, no, I was like, no. And I just didn't touch her physically, but I just kind of like just walked away rudely and I don't know if it was her pimp or what. Some bouncer at the club was like, "Hey, man, you could have at least you could have at least given her the time of day." She was just trying to offer her offer you something. Man, that guy called me right there. Called me. He called me on my on my closed heart. He called me on my shit so hard. I was like, "Oh my god, here I am reading Course in Miracles." I quit meditating at the time, but you know, I was still considered myself to be uh, on the spiritual path. And here I was just seeing somebody just being who they are and me just closing my heart and being not cool. I'm not like getting down on myself about this kind of thing. I'm just noticing this tendency to close our, close myself off when I feel like I've been wronged and I'm ultimately the one who loses out. I think it's important to have 
boundaries and to, to realize that can maybe use a stick to help that snake instead, or just walk around the snake or, or whatever. You don't have to go pick up the snake and try to help it, but it's like, you don't have to be a jerk to the snake. Don't, don't you have to throw stones at the snake. You don't have to, you know, not admire its perfection in reality in, in the whole grand scheme of nature. And so it was Jimmy, it was a hundred bucks. I go to this Course in Miracles group every uh, Monday night. It's so great. I have such a great crew of elders who have been studying this amazing text for much longer than I have and just have uh, ability to really give me some amazing uh, advice and insight and guidance with regard to the Course of Miracles, which for those of you who don't know, the Course of Miracles, you just got to, if you feel called, you just got to check it out. It's a, it's a channeled text um, from love essentially and it's just all about deconstructing the egoic patterns of the mind and bringing you back into love by seeing what's blocking love in the first place so it's it's all a mind training program it's a lot like buddhism but it's just it's just even more sort of like oh just let, there's no ritual there's no tradition it's just pure it's just pure awareness it's just a pure teaching of non-duality that, you know, only love exists. Everything else is a fiction of the mind. And your job is to be happy and realize the truth that only love exists. And the way to do that is through forgiveness, because everything that we see outside of ourselves is really just our own mind, the one mind creating it and projecting it in this dreamlike hologram. The only way to make any sense of it or get out of it and in the end, is to forgive everyone and everything that seemed to be um, harming us. It's just forgiveness is the way, because by forgiving, you reclaim your oneness with that person, okay? It's so much easier said than done. My God. I mean, I held a grudge with Jimmy for 10, for four months. I didn't see him as God because he does meth, right? Okay. Like, well, everyone, everything is God and all is one except people who do meth. Okay. I'm not saying doing meth is good. I'm not saying I ever want to do it or you should ever do it or that I should support anyone to do it. But it's like, that's a part of the dream. That's a part of the hologram. That's a part of what needs to be forgiven, ultimately loved, ultimately released. Okay. So. So the other thing was this, my bike, freaking bike. I had this nice mountain bike. I lent it to someone who was very close to me, very dear to my heart. And she just never brought it back, never said anything. It's been a long time. I closed my heart. I'm like, you stole my bike. I will not do anything for you. I'm not going to be nice. I'm not going to share my Spotify account. I'm not going to, nothing, cut her off. And, you know, Maybe that was good at like having like some clear boundaries, right? It's like, you know what, if you're going to steal my bike, then I'm not going to share my Spotify account, you know, but I still didn't have to hold resentment because that ultimately hurt me. Luckily, after this last Course of Miracles group, the whole part was about the forgiveness, but also about possessions, right? And I'm going to read a little bit from 
from this chapter, uh, chapter 13, which is about possessions and the ego's idea of how we can own things. And basically, it just brings misery. And what I realized from having these things taken from me was that I don't own anything anyway. It's not my money. It wasn't my bike. Okay, I gave somebody money for a bike a year or two ago. And then I was able to ride that bike around and keep it at my house. But what's this ownership idea? And the money is just something that flows through me. I don't actually own it. Sure, it's in a, it's digits in a bank account on a screen account that has my name on it. But is it even my name? I mean, really, when you get down to it, it's like this whole ownership thing is is really a slippery slope because once we own something, then we think we're we're attached to it. We have to protect it. We have to maintain it. All these things, and it's really something that equally owns this idea of us as well as as we might have heard the saying before. So I really got like you know this idea that God, I don't own anything, and, and you know what? It's obvious to me that if I don't have something, the universe doesn't want me to have it. The great mind, the great what is, all that is, isness, the great as things are, obviously doesn't want me to have that hundred bucks and doesn't want me to have a bike right now because I don't have one. And it's probably because of better bikes coming down the road. And it's probably because a hundred dollars is a small price to pay for learning to trust your intuition and know that when something feels funny and someone's desperately trying to get money from you who you know is addicted to methamphetamine, not to give him the money, not to give him the money. (laughs) So a hundred bucks, small price to pay, a hundred bucks. And all the lesson that came through, realizing non-ownership, having an amazing opportunity to forgive. I mean, these are priceless lessons. How much money do we give to go on meditation retreats? How much money does Dr. Joe Dispenza cost when you go and sit with him for a week? A lot more than a hundred bucks. Okay. So I got a really good deal. Thank you, my friend Carter for pointing that out from Course of Miracles because he's like, Hey man, you got a great deal. hundred bucks. That's cheap. You learned this amazing lesson of how to get free. You realize that Jimmy is actually an embodiment of your savior of yourself, giving you the opportunity to free yourself by forgiving and like having this amazing release from your heart. I'm like, Whoa, good perspective. So it's fun to have that in perspective. So I'm going to read a little bit from chapter 13 here. This is from The Course of Miracles, published by the Foundation for Inner Peace. Ownership is a dangerous concept if it is left to you. The ego wants to have things for salvation. Okay? The ego wants to have things for salvation. That's like, once I get this thing, it's going to be okay then I can be happy, right? That salvation. It's like, oh, I can finally relax. Once I have that amazing partner or that amazing job or like that certain amount of money in my bank account, once I have that, once I have uh, a thousand followers on my podcast, then, oh, it's my salvation. No, that's called a false idol, actually, because that never brings you happiness because happiness is right here and now independent of anything that this world 
is flashing and dancing and tantalizing in our five senses in our in our virtual reality simulation avatar bodies the ego wants to have things for salvation for possession is its law possession for its own sake is the ego's fundamental creed a basic cornerstone in the churches it builds to itself and at its altar it demands you lay all of the things it bids you get leaving you no joy in them everything the ego tells you that you need will hurt you what i remember that line man from the first time i read this book like 15 years ago and now it's it's like a power everything you everything the ego tells you you that you need will hurt you for although the ego urges you again and again to get it leaves you nothing for what you get it will demand of you and even from the very hands that grasped it it will be wrenched and hurled into the dust for where the ego sees salvation it sees separation and so you lose whatever you have gotten in its name therefore ask not of yourself what you need for you do not know and your advice to yourself will hurt you for what you think you need will merely serve to tighten up your world against the light and render you unwilling to question the value that this world can really hold for you it's like when you think you need something right like i need that money back i need that bike all it does is tighten up the world against the light of peace and love because i need a condition to be a certain way and it's not so i but it's like i close off because it's not like that and i try to force it to happen i get angry and resentful because it's not a certain way and it's closing off my world against the light of love the light of truth the light of god only the Holy Spirit knows what you need. So that's like our intuition, right? Our, that still small voice within is the Holy Spirit. For he will give you all things that do not block the way to light. And what else could you need? In time, he gives you all the things that you need have and will renew them as long as you have need of them. Okay. So he says, leave then your needs to him. He will supply them with no emphasis at all upon them. What comes to you of him comes safely, for he will ensure it never can become a dark spot hidden in your mind and kept to hurt you. So it, it goes on. It's like so beautiful. He says, all healing is a release from the past. Okay. So it's like when I look at Jimmy, when I look at this dear person who's close to me and I just think and I see them and I'm like, they took this thing from me four months ago. Therefore, I close myself off to loving them. It's like, that's not healing. That's the wound. Healing is a release from the past. It's like, I see you fresh right now. I remember what happened, so I'm not going to lend you any more money because I'm not a doormat. I'm not going to ever lend you my bike again or let you like touch any of my things. <laughs> but I can see you as spirit. I can see you as, as innocent in the eyes of love, right? 
I know, I know. This might be sounding a little bit, you know, like, oh, Christoph, you know, maybe you didn't really listen to your friend Dale in prison who was telling you you're naive because this is sounding pretty naive. It really makes a lot more sense. You know, you got to hold those grudges. You got to you got to hold on to that grudge. You got to hold on to so you don't get trampled on again. You want to guard yourself. And I'm like, well, okay, you know, I get that. It seems logical, but I've also tried it and it hurts and it closes me off. And those little festering thoughts of negativity, they, they're like burrs and they, and it's like, you know, like there was this dog the other day at the river and he got one of these little burrs in its side and then he started licking it and biting it. And now it's this whole like gross, like hairless wound, right? It's actually on his butt and it's, it's like ew, all red. It's like, that's what, that's what an attack thought is, right? That's what a negative thought is. It's like, if you don't forgive it, if you don't let it go, it, it's in there and it kind of creates its own momentum and it festers. It's like, ah, and it can really ruin your whole day and it can ruin lots of days. And then kind of start to kind of cloud and tint the lens of your, of your seeing and of your navigating and, and your appreciation of life, your living of the life that you have. So I'm kind of over that, to be honest with you. I'm over that. The last thing I'm going to read from The Course of Miracles is from chapter 13 again. It's called, um, from section 7, Attainment of the Real World. He says, sit quietly and look upon the world you see and tell yourself, the real world is not like this. So he, he talks about the author of the course, you know, it's like the Christ consciousness, right? It's, it's the intelligence of love, essentially. And it's saying, like, this whole reality, this whole hologram, three-dimensional space and time, is not the real world. It's a projection of, our, of, the, of the ego, of the idea of separation. And the real world is, is oneness. The real world is peace. The real world is heaven. That's like, that's reality. So the course of miracles is a course in getting back to that awareness of reality, coming back home. So he said, the real world is not like this. It has no buildings and there are no streets where people walk alone and separate. There are no stores where people buy an endless list of things they do not need. It is not lit with artificial light and night comes not upon it. There's no day that brightens and grows dim. There's no loss. Nothing is there but shines and shines forever. So that's a really good one because I just think, man, you know, if if I'm not in that state of, of joy uh, and perceiving the shine of life, then it's like, oh, I got some, some of these festering attack thoughts and it's probably going to be a good idea to let them go, see what the lesson is in imagining like, what would it be like if I just let that thing go that that person did to me? Like, if I just let them off the hook, you know, what if I just had a great lesson? I can appreciate them as someone who's probably, you know, a bit confused, maybe messed up, whatever, but also a part of me is needing to learn how to forgive this part of me. And what if I can see this person as someone who's having a rough time and, um, that's just kind of how they are. That's like their, their constitution, kind of like how the snake bites. It's like, well, wow, that's part of nature. Well, that's the part of nature that 
really vibrates with the crystal meth molecule for whatever reason, for whatever trauma had happened, it's, it's bringing him some kind of relief. And, and so <laughs> what if I can let that go? What if I can still be safe? What if I can be safe and I can let that, that negative thought and that, that closing off, what if I can let that go and, and see what happens? Well, I'll tell you, I had a much better day today. A lot more lightness. Just having those two people forgiven. A lot more lightness, a lot more joy, a lot more ease, a lot more gratitude, a lot more fun. It feels good to let people off the hook. It feels good to forgive. It feels good to open up to the love. So we are we are on a ride. We are on a roll. We are discovering what Miracle Soup is all about. Um, yes, just going to keep pumping out episodes because I don't know what else to do. And it just surely helps me to create these, um, create these little packets of content and to, and to, and just to try to put myself out there a little bit every few times a week and see if any of this stuff sticks and if anyone's actually benefiting. Cause well, I know I am. Thanks so much for listening. I really don't have any news today. Um, haven't worked on my book or course at all. I think it's going to probably be a book first, to be honest with you. The course is just like, man, I mean, realistically, there's so much going on in my life right now. I don't want to, I'm not going to get into it because we're already kind of late in the, in the discussion here in the, in the, in the episode, but, um, lots, just lots happening, lots juggling. I'm sure it's the same with you guys, you, you all I don't want to be sexist by saying guys, you guys, I want to say you all, all of you. And so it's, um, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot to keep adding things to my no, I'm not walking my dog, but he obviously sees something. I should probably go check on. It's a lot. It's a lot, it's a lot to, I can't add a lot of stuff on my plate. Like, oh, I'm going to do a course. Oh, I'm going to write a book. Oh, I'm going to do a podcast. Oh, I'm going to see clients. Oh, I'm going to start a massage career. Oh, I'm gonna, blah, blah. It's like, dude, there's so much time in a day. Hope you all guys find a lot of peace and joy from this message. I hope you find peace and joy in your heart. May this message spread and bless your families, your friends and quiet the barking dogs in your life. Om Namah Shivaya.